You know, the other day, I was uh, I was working out, as I always do, right? You know, um, I, I go to Crunch uh, just up the road, and I was working out with a friend, and I saw a man with a T-shirt, and it had a, a little message about interfaith uh, things on it, and I felt a pull. Has that ever happened to you? You feel a pull from the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, so uh, to go talk to him. So it turns out he was a, a Jewish man involved with this interfaith group that he had the shirt uh, from. And uh, so that was, that was kind of cool. And then a few days later, I was walking through Carytown, right? And I felt another pull, another pull from the Ruach to enter a store. Now, this store was a children's bookstore, okay? So I have no children, so I said, I said to God, I don't, I don't really think I need to go in there. I don't, I'm like, is there a relative, like maybe one of my nieces or nephews that's having a birthday? I don't, I don't know. And I felt a really strong pull from the Ruach again. So I was like, okay, I'll go in and look around. So I looked around. And then one minute later, right, I heard a voice behind me. It was the same man from a few days earlier. He was there. And uh, he, he kind of remarked on this coincidence. He was like, you know, this is kind of funny. Either uh, he was like, either I'm following you or, you know, something's bringing us together. You know, but uh, I wasn't following him. It was just, you know, God, uh, God was bringing us together. He thought maybe he was following me. Okay. And then he's, uh, we talked a little bit more because I introduced myself the first time. And uh, he said, you know, I've, I've been really curious to visit Tikvat. And he told his wife about me. And uh, she was also curious about our synagogue. So eventually I did find a book to buy and uh, I, I, gave, I gave my contact information to his wife uh, who I met that time and then I left. And so I believe that God brings people together for his purpose. Raise your hand if you agree with that, if you believe that. Okay? So sometimes I will get a sense of what someone needs to hear or usually a scripture that applies to them or a word of encouragement, or confirmation of something that God has already spoken to them. This kind of thing is simply evidence that God is living. Amen? He is active, and the things that he did in the scriptures, he is still doing. He is still doing them, and he's doing them in our community. But the question is, how does this happen? So my sense is that this is the work of the Ruach. Everyone say Ruach. If you're not spitting on the person in front of you, you're not saying it right. Try again. Ruach. The Ruach HaKodesh, or the Holy Spirit in English. I believe that we should evaluate our experience through the lens of Scripture. Right? Not the other way around. So, but moreover, we are in the season of the Omer, right? So we are looking forward to Shavuot, otherwise known as Pentecost, that often mentioned fullness, fullness of the outpouring of the Ruach in Acts chapter 2. So in preparation for that date, I believe that God put it on my heart through the Ruach to talk about the Ruach. What is the Holy Spirit? 
Or perhaps a better question is, who is the Holy Spirit? And why does it matter to us? So I'd like to build a definition of this word from Scripture, starting with Genesis, as I believe that will help us understand both the Ruach and the outpouring of the Ruach on Shavuot, that is Pentecost. The word Ruach has three meanings in Hebrew, uh, spirit, breath, and wind. Spirit, breath, and wind. And I think this is strategic. The ancients needed a word to describe an aspect of God. So think of trees. Are you picturing trees? And they're swaying. What's causing them to sway? The wind, right? Some force, some force is moving them. Can we see the wind? No, we can't see the wind, but we can see the trees being moved by the wind. We see how the wind animates the trees. And we call that word wind. Or in Hebrew, we would call it ruach. This is the personal animating energy of God who gives life. The life force in every creature. This was the breath of life in Adam. The ruach animates and empowers us to do God's work. The ruach it says in scripture, came upon Gideon to deliver Israel from her enemies. The Ruach came upon Samson, and he had incredible superhuman strength. I don't know if the Ruach came upon me as I was working out the other day, similar to Samson, but it's definitely in scripture. The Ruach came upon King Saul. You know what he did? He prophesied. The narrative found in 1 Samuel 10 explains this was so surprising, it became a saying, is Saul also among the prophets? The Ruach fell upon King David once he was anointed with oil by the prophet Samuel so that he was appointed to be king. In 2 Kings 2, we see that the Ruach of Elijah rested on Elisha, his student, and even a double portion. This enabled Elisha to perform signs and wonders, to raise the dead, to prophesy, to bring healing and restoration. So therefore, we understand that the Ruach brings life, the Ruach appoints, the Ruach empowers to bring the kingdom of redemption on the earth. But the Ruach not only brings life and animates, it can reverse death. It brings life from the dead. In Ezekiel 37, God asks Ezekiel a question. I always think that's interesting in Scripture when God asks us a question. Can a valley of dead, dry bones live? Can these dead, dry bones live? And Ezekiel says, back to God, Adonai Elohim, only you know that. And then God says that he will put his, what? Ruach in them, his spirit, and they will live. The bones will not only be put together with sinews and muscles and all the parts of a human body, 
but they will have the ruach, the breath of life in them, the same as who? The same as Adam. Same breath of life. Now, the word in Greek for spirit is pneuma, right? They pronounce the, the P, all right? But this is like a, uh, our word that are, words that are related, like a pneumatic tire, right? Uh, and uh, so what is a pneumatic tire? It's filled with what? It's filled with air. So by blessed providence, the, the Greek word and the Hebrew word have similar connotations. The ruach is spirit or breath, and pneuma is spirit or breath. Rav Shaul describes the pneuma in the same context as Ezekiel. The pneuma, the ruach of God, is involved in something very important in Scripture, raising Yeshua from the dead, as it is written in Romans 1, verses 1 through 5. Paul, a servant of Messiah Yeshua, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness, the Greek word for that is, could be translated also through the Holy Spirit, was appointed was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Yeshua the Messiah, our Lord. So do we see how the Ruach is involved in the resurrection of Yeshua? Are you with me on that? Yes. I don't hear you. All right. So the Pneuma, or Ruach, as described in the Greek scriptures, it also brings fruit, fruit, in my research for the sermon, I found this great song about the fruits of the Ruach, which are found in Galatians 5, verses 23 through 23. Would you like to hear this song? Well, I'll sing it anyways. All right. Oh, you said yes. Okay, good. You're very, you're very encouraging. All right. All right. So it, it's, a, it's a kid's song, so you have to kind of go with me. All right, here we go. The fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. The fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. If you want to be a coconut, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the Spirit because the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Thank you. Also available for bar mitzvahs. So... In the Greek text, the ruach is, the fruit of that is, is these sort of character, um, these characteristics, these good character. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The ruach is also a comforter. It is a guide and a giver of gifts. Basically, he is the continuation of the roles of the ruach. In the Hebrew text. Now, to someone who sees the continuation of Scripture as increasing revelation along the same narrative, this makes sense, right? I think this would make sense to Joanna. The Ruach still appoints us, and it is my sense that he guides us even now into our unique gifts and our unique calling. But wait a minute. I said he 
instead of it, didn't I? Why do I say that the life-giving presence of God is personal? In other words, why is the question, who is the Holy Spirit and not what? Rabbi Frank Sussler of Beth Messiah, Milwaukee, puts it like this. All right, so imagine this. Suppose I am describing something behind this door. According to Scripture, that thing has knowledge, has a will, has a mind, is able to love, has intelligence, is capable of grieving, is able to search, is able to pray, is able to teach, is able to speak, is able to give a testimony, and is able to guide. What would you say is behind that door? A person, right? So in that sense, we understand that the Ruach is a who and not a what. It is a person with a personality. It is personal, right? So far, we can describe the Ruach now as a personal life force in which the presence of God revives, heals, restores, and brings the kingdom of heaven onto earth. Are you with me so far? Rabbi Frank makes a distinction between the Ruach being within you and the Ruach being upon you. And I think he's describing it accurately. He says that as disciples of Yeshua, we have the Ruach within us, guiding us, comforting us, leading us, teaching us. But there is another kind of experience with the Ruach described in the text. And this is immersion or baptism. Now, this is not the same as immersion in water or water baptism, but it's a similar idea. In this case, the Ruach falls upon you and covers you for a unique empowering and reviving over and above the Ruach being within us. God has greater gifts for us yet to come. Amen? So, when I was in college, I had a very bad experience with something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit that I was just describing. Uh, I went to this meeting, and uh, I was told to repeat the word hallelujah over and over, because that was their, how they understood it. And in their words, it was the highest praise. It was like a, a magic phrase for them. In my studies of the Hebrew later on, I found out that hallelujah is not, in fact, the highest praise, but it's just a plural command, uh, meaning you guys praise God. Hallelujah. Right? That's all it is. But in any event, I kept saying this word, hallelujah, and uh, waiting for something to happen, and nothing did, and they encouraged me to keep going, but I was getting tired, and I was like, I don't know what's going on here, and I just went home, and I was kind of sulking. I was like ashamed. Nothing happened. I was like, oh, I should have stayed longer. I don't know. Uh, and the next day, uh, I talked with the Christian fellowship leader at Wesleyan. He was, uh, it's called InterVarsity. Um, and he was very helpful to me, and he comforted me. He, let me. he let me know that as a believer, I already had the Holy Spirit within me. And, it was, and he talked with me and, and helped me out. And then later on, after I was kind of fully healed from this first experience, I did. I did experience immersion in the Ruach, a baptism of the Spirit, as it is called. 
And someone was able to actually explain the verses in Acts where this happens. And they prayed for the fullness of the Ruach to come upon me. And now I am able to operate more fully in some of those gifts which the Ruach gives, which come in fullness, in fullness during immersion. And this is described in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 11. This is what it says. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Ruach, Panuma, distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So this is saying that there are different kinds of gifts, like prophesying and faith and healing and speaking in uh, tongues, which I will get to later. And uh, that we don't, not one person has all of those gifts, but in, in the body, we have all of them collectively. Does that make sense? So the immersion of the Ruach, this is what happened in Acts 2 during Shavuot or Pentecost, which we're looking forward to. The Ruach fell on those present in the upper room, and they showed it by doing something very unique, which some people call speaking in tongues. Scripture shows that often when someone is immersed in the Ruach, they will speak in an unknown language as a sign of that immersion, of that baptism, of the Ruach falling on them. This language, according to Scripture, is for the building up of a person when they're alone, or when it's presented before the congregation, it should be translated. Um, But it is a sign of immersion when people are baptized, when people are baptized in the Ruach. It is described as a heavenly language where a person may not be exactly aware of what they are saying because the Spirit himself is speaking through us. Rabbi Paul, Rav Shaul, states in Romans 8, 26 through 27, in the same way the Ruach helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Ruach himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Now, some may argue that this topic is outside of the scope of a synagogue or Judaism. Well, last week I was reading a book called More Than Miracles about Rabbi Morris Zeidemann. He was a Messianic Jewish rabbi before the modern movement of Messianic Judaism. This man and his wife took care of the poor, starving souls in Toronto around the time of World War II. 
Reading about their ministry has really profoundly blessed me. And after I started the book, I was just kind of, uh, I went on to the MJAA website, which is another Messianic umbrella organization, and they have this cool thing. They have a Google map of every Messianic congregation in their, under their umbrella. So I was uh, looking around, and I was like, oh, you know, my wife and I, we're thinking of maybe possibly going to Toronto sometime. So I, I just looked to see if there were any, any congregations in that area. And uh, they had the name of the, the rabbi uh, for the congregation in Toronto. His name was Andrew Zeidman. And I thought, well, that's funny. That's the same name as Morris Zeidman. He's got to be a descendant. So Rabbi Andrew is his grandson, also a Messianic rabbi in Toronto right now. I'm sure there, he's leading services as I'm speaking up there in the cold Toronto, Canada area. And I thought, you know, maybe, maybe this, this, this rabbi would friend me on Facebook if I introduce myself and I explain how I'm reading the book about his grandfather, and he did. So perhaps all of this was the work of the Ruach. As I continued reading the book, the author stated that Rabbi Morris Seidemann had written a pamphlet in 1946, 1946, entitled, A Jewish View of the Holy Spirit. So I messaged Rabbi Andrew, his grandson, to ask if he might have a copy of this theological text penned by his grandfather. And he did. And he scanned it. And he emailed it to me. And I read it this week. It was awesome. I felt as, I was, as if I was reading something very special. Um, it's, it's hard to describe. This, uh, this talus it belonged to my great great-grandfather. You notice it has a few stains on it. It's over a hundred years old, okay? And that, when I'm wearing this, that's the same feeling I got when I was reading this text. It was just, I was like, wow. Um, so this is what he said. Rabbi Morris quotes rabbinic sources interpreting scripture to explain that the Ruach is, uh, can be understood as the voice, the voice of God. And as the Shekhinah, or the presence in the Mishkan, or tabernacle. Shekhinah and Mishkan are related in the Hebrew. That simply means the dwelling place of God. So we understand that the Ruach enables God to dwell with us, to tabernacle with us. He explained that the immersion in the Ruach often accompanies vision, visions, empowerment, and uh, joy. In the presence of God. And speaking of Shavuot, uh, Rabbi Morris said, and I quote, We believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit that came upon the disciples in the upper room is the privilege of every believer who seeks to attain it and prays to the Heavenly Father for it. Unquote. So what do we make of the immersion of the Ruach, the pouring out of God's personal presence? to empower us, to heal, appoint, equip, comfort, build up, restore new life, 
to bring signs and wonders of prophecy and words of encouragement that are right on. The fact is, is that it is available to all disciples of Yeshua. What are the elements in Scripture that accompany this in the hearts of those who want to be baptized or want to be immersed in the Ruach? Simply this. Faith that God will give you this gift and repentance, that is, turning away from sin and trusting in the Ruach to empower you to continue walking in freedom. And that's it. So if you have not had this immersion... We, were, we are going to have a time after the Kiddush, after the Aaronic Blessing, for you to come forward. And uh, we, the elders and our wives, we will pray for you in this so that you may simply come to the king, receiving the gift of his Ruach to bring God's empowering kingdom more fully into your life. So if you want that, we'll have a time that we will pray for you in that regard. For those wishing to kind of fellowship and chat, uh, we want to encourage you to go ahead and head downstairs for the Oneg after the Kiddush so that we can set apart, sanctify this space for the purpose of those who want to receive this gift from Hashem. Amen? All right. Well, let's pray. Abba, our Father, we thank you, O God, that you are the living God, that you are living and active. We pray that all those who you are calling, who you are touching, um, you're speaking by your Ruach into their hearts and saying, you want to give them this gift, O oh God. We pray that those would come and receive and, and know your empowering life force that is personal, that is, um, that is your love, O oh God. And we put all of our trust in you, O oh 